Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Hello, everybody. We are Matt and Kevin, and welcome to Season 3 of the Believe Overwatch League podcast from the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us on all social media at Believe in OWL and at Believe.com. This week, we look at the SF Shock's newest sponsorship and break down the latest June Joust matches. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's news episode of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast. Hope you are all having just the most splendid of weeks. Kevin, has your week been, in fact, splendid? Uh, it has been, uh, if, if splendid means hot, then yes. Uh, it is uh, starting to heat up here in the Bay Area. And it's uh, we, we got all of our ACs on. We're trying to keep cool. I have a fan running in the back. I'm just trying not to, you know, pass out. Uh, but yeah, uh, overall, the week has been pretty good. I've been uh, watching a lot of... I've, I've been playing a lot of Overwatch, uh, which is a very big surprise to even myself. Um, but yeah, I was able to... I, I did get the Echo skin, so I was happy about that. Um, and yeah, now we have to look forward to that uh, the Wrecking Ball 8 eight ball skin right yep and it is the last week of the uh the the anniversary event that's what this event is i was gonna say the the archives but that was the last event yeah so i did buy the baptiste funky skin i had to there's no way i could not resist the funk uh it was there so i had to i had to take it i could not resist the funk that is (laughs) is the best thing i've heard all day the only correct answer there. Um, but other than that, yeah, it's just been chilling, taking a lot of... Oh, I've been exploring Skillshare. Uh, we're not sponsored by them, but... Uh, we should be. We should be. Um, but I've been looking at, like, very weird and interesting classes that I could take on on Skillshare. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I did artisanal pizza making, like, two days ago, and then I did breakdancing the other day. And I'm like... Yeah, I didn't know that these are on here. Like, <laughs> uh, they they had like comedy writing scripts, which I was using for a different project. But yeah, it's just a bunch of like interesting classes that I I wouldn't necessarily be out to hunt for. You know? It just, Wait, it, explain explain these classes to me that you took. Like, how how did the artisanal pizza making and the breakdancing go? You can't just throw that out there and not explain it. Okay, so uh, what what I found out is uh. My my calves are st- stupidly large compared to everyone else in the world. So like my my what is it? 
my calves and my thighs cannot get parallel with the floor, so breakdancing is definitely harder, but <laughs> it's just a matter of, you know, practice. It, we'll eventually get there. It's pretty much like step-by-step instruction, which is pretty nice. Um, but yeah, artisanal pizza making, this one's actually like really fun. Uh, it's called Italian Chef Secrets, How to Make the Perfect Thin Crust Pizza. And the dude walks you through the steps of like, making making the dough like how to make your own sauce and like what specific pieces you need in order to make you know a flat thin crust pizza um and what really goes into making something that you'll enjoy and that you could actually you know make whenever you want so it it was really it was really eye-opening to know like oh we can like some people decide to put herbs and spices directly into their sauces some people like to wait um until the second step uh, like after you start putting your start layering your ingredients um but it just depends on like the the person themselves so uh yeah that that was a really interesting class how was the pizza though uh the pizza was pretty good um i'm not i'm not an art i'm not an italian chef but uh it was it was solid it I, I would definitely try it again. Um and I would try probably different ingredients as well. Um the the hardest part is like knowing like if you're gonna be doing meat, you have to make sure that the meat itself is cooked prior to putting it into the into the actual oven. I didn't make that mistake, but like there's a lot of people who are like, Oh, I forgot to cook the meat first and I'm like, bro <laughs> <laughs> you might die. What did you put on your pizza though? Uh, just a very basic, I did mozzarella, basil, um, and pepperoni. Ooh. Mine. Um. Okay. So, it, yeah, it was pretty good. How about you, Matt? How was your week? How's everything going on your end? My week has been okay. I've been, like, like, eh, ever for, like, the past two weeks, I've just been extraordinarily tired and lacking motivation to work, but that's just because I, I'm not under the pressure of... I have to get everything done as soon as possible right now. So I think I'm allowing myself just more relaxed time. Um, now that we have, have more editors for Finding Founders, I'm able to get that stuff done. I think Wondery is going to give us more work and more hours as well. So um, yay, more money on that end. Um, what else have I done? Oh, I picked up village i haven't played it yet i'm gonna there's not enough space on my ps4 and my hard drive decided it doesn't want to work anymore so i'm working with just the base model space on my ps4 so i'm gonna be the latest um tomb raider that i have on there and then play village and then i picked up mario part mario kart 8 and played that a little bit so that was fun um and yesterday, for like the first time in forever, I went back to Westwood. I went on a date with somebody. Um, but it's so weird. Like, I, I spent five years in Westwood. I haven't been back since like late or no, like since like very early 2019 was, I think, the last time I was there. And like a bunch of places have just shuttered up because of the pandemic. Like, uh, there's a sandwich place I went to like when I graduated with my family just to like as a quick lunch and it's gone. And this pizza place I used to love going to is gone. I'm just, there's like five boba places there now though. And I don't understand why or how these five boba places <laughs> exist within like walking distance of each other. But yeah, I mean, date went fine. We had ramen and then ice cream and yeah, it's weird. Like getting back to, uh, 
to normal person activities. Yeah, and I had um okay, so V came back from uh Iceland okay. last weekend. Um I told him to get his first COVID shot and he did, and then we went to we went to two arcades last weekend. Um it was Saturday, and I thought, you know, like arcades probably are still slightly opening up, you know, it's gonna take us, you know, we like it's not gonna be fully like open, right? Mm-hmm. I go in there and it's packed. There's what? like so like we went to round one and round one has a maximum capacity of like 150 people or something like something like that. But there was like people over there celebrating, you know, their their graduation, uh, you know, the three day weekend. They're like, oh, yeah, let's let's get together since everything's like opening up again. And I was like, OK, yeah, this is this is not good for any anyone or here, really. So there was just like a bunch of people there. It felt super crowded. Um, but then I was like, okay, well, maybe this place is probably too crowded. Let's go get some food real quick. And then we ended up going to Dave and Buster's and checking out Dave and Buster's, which is across the, the highway for me. So we went over there and that one's even more full. And like the... The way how that's structured is because you know, like when you sit down, you're allowed to take off your mask, or else you can't, yeah. you know, eat. Yeah, um, you can't really eat through the mask. We haven't developed yeah. the technology yet. Um, but there was the uh, there's a restaurant half, and then there's like the arcade half of a uh, Dave and Buster's, right? Um, they they kind of blended together, so there's like people running around with like no masks on, and I'm like, bro, like, I'm, <laughs> I don't want to die. <laughs> you know, you, can you keep your can you keep your snotty three year old away from me? Uh, sorry, sorry, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like punt them or anything. I'm just Why gonna. Why are like, children always so snotty when they're still yeah, so I young? I don't I don't know. Just learn how to suck that back up or something. I don't. <laughs> but honestly, it was just it was kind of like uh, it was kind of worrisome knowing like there was that many people in in there, right? Um, and I was like, okay. Note to self, we're only going to round ones on weekdays um, unless you have like something already planned out like a like a date wise. It'd probably be a lot easier to be like, OK, well, I ordered a bowling lane ahead of time. We can do that and then play arcade games like that makes sense. But the you just don't want to go in there and be completely bombarded by like running kids and and uh, other things like that. Uh, it it's crazy do you think like it's it's because i mean i feel like arcades are kind of a a novelty in some aspect like we don't definitely don't have the same culture that's like exists in asia where arcades are a really big thing but like i I know like right now like amc stock took a huge bump today um and like people he said people are flocking to arcades but is it like i feel like this might just be a thing because restrictions are opening up and people are desperate to like have any sort of like outside interaction or, or go someplace that's not their home mm-hmm. so I, I mean i understand that it's just like you want to be outside you want to be able to you know experience something that literally we had taken away from us for like a year so i i do feel like it is like a popularity wave of just like oh like restrictions are being dropped let's go out and let's go do things and i mean 
I kind of want to do that with friends, but like I don't want to do it like too quickly. Obviously, I want to like I know that we're all getting vaccinated and then it just becomes like herd immunity at that point, figuring out how many people are like fully vaccinated um, and then just being able to be safe around people and, and meet up with people again. Um, but most of the time, like what we did, uh, I invited them over early. Uh, we, we grabbed like a snack. We grabbed like a lunch, like boba and, mm-hmm. you know, snack foods. Um, I brought them over and then we played like VR games for like four hours before we went to round one. And then we got back to my place like afterwards. And we were just saying like, what, where did you have more fun playing Beat Saber here or like actually at the arcade? And they're like, it's cool to be at the arcades, but like being able to not only have accessibility to the game, but also like not have to deal with kids running around all the time. Uh, playing inside is actually a lot more fun right now. And I'm like, also not having to pay every single time that yeah, you exactly. game over. <laughs> that's expensive. Yeah. So that, that's another thing. Like I, I remember talking with somebody about this, um, the, um, the dollar per hour rule that I enforce on games, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, if a game costs, like, let's say if you find a game on Steam that's like $12, right? I want to be able to get at least a dollar for an hour of gameplay. Right, um, right. When it goes to, like, arcades and stuff like that, like, that's obviously not going to be the case. Um, but the way how I see it, at least at arcades, it's like, if you can get more than, you know... a a dollar per like two minutes or something like that out of an arcade game, then yeah, that's, that's the best part. <laughs> that's such a, that's such a huge jump from a, from a dollar a minute to, the, to that. Yeah. Like one of them is like showing, like one of them is more like inside, like you're allowed to play as much as you want when you're indoors. Right. Um, but I feel like the appeal of an arcade is to have your name on a scoreboard mm-hmm, right? Um, oh, or yeah, to definitely. like prove like, Hey, I can do this. Um, like the one that I do is like, you, you know, the mini hoops, the mini basketball hoop things. Mm-hmm. Um, I do that a lot. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you, you do, you, you just sit there and you just start chucking up shots and yeah, I, I, I did that. I tried to take advantage of all that, and it was, it it worked, but it was just like hectic, really. Yeah, let's let's get into the news. We don't have a ton of it this week. A uh, very, very quiet week. Um, so first thing, I was on Twitter this morning looking for things to cover, and then I see, what do I see trending other than? Oh, Sinatra is trending. So I look it up, and people are, are um, how to describe it? There's a video of him streaming. I think it's with someone else on his team, Shazam. Yeah, mm-hmm. Shazam. Uh, was it? Today? I think it was yesterday. He was doing it, and then he just kind of in the middle of the stream, he's like, "I'm just so sad. I I fucked my life. I just." I'm, I just wish people knew, man. It's just so sad. And he st- just starts crying on stream. Um, and there's multiple parts to this this controversy around it, I guess. One is that, like, 
people are are shaming Shazam for streaming with him, considering like why he's not playing and what he's done and why people are upset with him. Um, and then Shazam said, I, I didn't think of it. I just, he sent me an invite and I just hopped on. Um, I'm sorry for doing it. Uh, the other part of the controversy comes from people saying, oh, I feel so sorry for him. He just wants to play with his friends. Can't you see how sad he is? Uh, I, I, and then there's the, again, that brings the controversy of who cares if he's sad. He think about how sad his ex was when he was forcing himself on her. And like, again, it doesn't, the, the investigation is still going on. And I mean, I think to, to the level of, of the law, it doesn't technically, it, it's not being investigated as rape, but it's still, I, I would put it under the level of sexual assault or like him forcing himself on, on this poor girl. So that's why he's in, he's been trending again. It's because people feel sad that he can't play with his friends and he feels sad for himself. Yeah, I, I've been reading up on all of this stuff and, you know, the backlash that comes up afterwards um, as well. But so the first part is, you know, Sinatra literally did this to himself. There's no other person to blame other than himself. Um, and it's really interesting to know that people are still watching him. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand, like, some people who are like, oh, I want to learn from Sinatra and learn how to play the game the way he does. Uh, but at the same time, you're like supporting him. And whenever you do end up watching that, it's, it kind of, it kind of leaks into what you do as a person too. Like it, it kind of, the way how you look at it, um, Shazam kind of, I don't, I don't think that that was anything that had to do with him either. Like he's, he just heard an invite took it and played a game um and also he literally just got back from iceland like Mm -hmm. you know na number one now in valorant so uh, good on him um but it it is kind of like it's kind of a weird stance to like look at right so um the first one is like sinatra obviously like he he ruined his own career uh with this whole thing happening um we don't know obviously he's on a six month probation like he can't play competitive for six months um like in any form of tournament but the question then becomes like will he get signed afterwards um a lot of people are saying like oh will he still be on sentinels you know later on and the answer to that is no um we (laughs) we found that out um obviously if you create the number one team in north america right um with a you know with a u.s based team and you have or an na based team and you have somebody like tens who literally went insane um finally getting bought out by sentinels and now officially taking over what sinatra had um it's going to be tough to figure out like you know when six months is over when whenever that probation period ends which will probably be like the end of 2021 maybe beginning of 2022 what teams will even give him a chance right mm-hmm. um we've seen teams who will potentially like just get the player just to have the player and work on everything else we we actually did that you know with overwatch like we when we first signed sadatra he was just a toxic asshat for a lack of a better word uh he, he was just the most toxic player 
to ever be in a lobby with, but he had skill. Um, it was just a matter of having, you know, the, the team train him and mold him into who he could be. Um, and yeah, I feel like if you had a team that's willing to willing to do that for him, that that would be great, obviously, for him. It would also make an, an, a nice comeback story. But the entire thing about it is they have to. They have to figure out how Sinatra wants to play out his career. Like, is he going to ever go back into esports, continue his Twitch streaming career, um, go farming with the Fran? I don't know. Like, there's there's a lot of options here. Um, but everything does come down to Sinatra and what he wants to do. I think part of it goes back to, like, what you were saying last time we talked about this. Is like, he has to show that he's bettering himself and he has to show some remorse. I I mean, that that was all contingent. Like, anything about him coming back, I think is contingent upon him, like, trying to be better. I don't, I look at this and I don't see him trying to be better. I feel like he's not sorry for what he did. I feel like he's sorry for the consequences he now has to face. So, I feel like I'm... Like, of course he's going to feel feel sorry for himself. Like, who wouldn't in this scenario? Like, even if you did something bad and, like, you accept that you're at fault, like, you still do feel bad for yourself in the end. Um, but just... Just knowing that he, he didn't cooperate with the investigation, seeing this right now, just him, him crying, and seeing just the toxicity behind his, his very dedicated fan base, I feel like I'm put off of Sinatra forever. Like, if I was a streamer or one of his ex-teammates, I wouldn't be caught dead with this guy. If I was a, an, an esports org, I would not be signing him. I would release him from this contract as soon as I'm able to. So, um, and I mean, I do you think that the, the, the fact that he's not been released yet has to do something with like them being unable to release him from a contract or. Cause I, mean, I think that they could easily like terminate his yeah, contract if he that's wanted. That's what I'm thinking. Um, I think the the question was that they needed his name on the paper because without that they wouldn't officially have a fifth member. Oh, okay. Um, but now that they did the buyout with tens, which you know, big move by Sentinels to do that. Um, it's just honestly the best way how they can execute and get everything up and running for them. So very good on Sentinels half. Um. But yeah, now I feel like you could officially release Sinatra and you could figure out where he wants to go with that. Like whether he just continues to only, you know, be on Twitch and have his following there or if he wants to take another stab and see if anybody else would pick him up, which I doubt, honestly, but you, you never know. So how much did they buy tens out for again? So they bought tens out for one point, uh, one and a quarter million dollars. So one point two five mil, um, bought out his contract and signed him to the team. So kind of kind of insane, but I mean I feel like that's a necessary move for Sentinels, considering that they literally just took the they are the best team in the world. Um, with that loan out that they got from C9 in order to use 10. So mm -hmm. I feel like that's half of the battle here. 
Speaking of Valorant, I forgot to ask when you mentioned earlier, did V Flight have photos of the museum? Did he go to the museum? He he did not go to the museum. Oh. Uh, he went to a volcano instead. Ah, oh, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> uh, he did bring me back chocolates. Um, I'm I'm eating it slowly, so I can enjoy them. Iceland. Um, How is Icelandic chocolate? Icelandic chocolate is pretty good. Um, you could say that I'm biased because I am. Uh, I come from San Francisco, so we have Ghirardelli. Um, uh-huh. It. It's kind of hard to put anything up against Ghirardelli because I kind of grew up with that chocolate. But mm-hmm. um, I would say he get, he got me the same. He got me a chocolate caramel like um, like squares, which is what I get when I do go to Ghirardelli. So it was a it was a good contrast. Um, I would say that their chocolate is richer, even though it was milk chocolate. It's a little bit deeper in notes rather than uh whatever they decide to do on our end but you know i'm I'm fine with either of them all right so moving on to i guess another toxic thing um the mayhem are are, is this story so they had a streamer samito who was dropped from their their streamers list because during one of his streams he was getting a little bit toxic and he said he ended it. He was, I guess, targeting um, a viewer in the chat after he lost a match. He said, get the F out of my stream. Never come back. No one loves you. Kill yourself. Um, after he was released, he said, this is what he said. He, he acknowledged that he was wrong to say that, but he said, that's my persona. The angry, toxic gamer. I said it. I'm accountable for it. And I'm sorry. Um, but he feels like he he sent an apology video. Actually, he said that um, he he feels like he shouldn't be he shouldn't have been kicked from streaming. He feels like he should have just been fined, like some other streamers have. Uh, he also he his quote is, "I'm not trying to divert away from effing up." But apparently, he is um, he's planning to sue the troll for a defamation. The the troll who was on his stream um, before mayhem obviously weren't having it. They said the comment made by Samito on his recent streams are unacceptable and in no way represent the values of the Florida Mayhem. So he's out, and the Florida Mayhem is making a donation to the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Um, I don't know. It's it's always been weird to me. Like the the kill yourself thing is not new. It's like I remember it just being a thing that like people would say to each other. Like I think back is early as like 2007 people would just say it to each other um as a thing when like it was kind of like a throwaway line um i never thought it was funny at the time but i mean i'm i'm amazed that it's still around like people are still saying that considering it's 2021 and all the things that are like no longer considered socially acceptable yeah i i was not a fan of this and like I do understand, you know, PR-wise, you know, Florida Mayhem dropping him uh, and Sumito putting out, you know, an apology video. Uh, I guess that works out for for them. But honestly, like, what does this sponsorship, like, offer you that you, you can't still do as a Twitch streamer, you know? Like, Twitch is not cracking down on this. Right, like that's not that's not their business. 
Um, it is their business, but they could easily just say, you know what, like that's that's just a part of the what his personality is. Um, but honestly, I don't think you know he can go back and try to sue the other person. I, I don't. I he he. You did this up. to yourself, friendo. Yeah, you you played yourself. Um. So honestly, I don't think he's gonna get re-signed. I feel like it's just. Accept what you said. Continue your streamer, like continue your streams. You have followers, so people will watch you regardless. Uh, like, yeah, it's just a matter of, like, yeah. Now you just don't have a sponsor, so deal with it. Mm-hmm. And this is another thing that I, I'm wondering is like, why is it that like all the biggest streamers are like the toxic assholes? Like you've got XQC, you've got um, PewDiePie, and you got this guy who's like, "Yeah, that's my, that's what I am. I'm a toxic streamer. That's my person." Like, why? I mean, I get it's fun to see people rage and stuff, but like, I've never understood where the appeal of like watching people just be toxic comes from. Mm, yeah, I I don't know how that's the go to thing right now it's um like i understand like using it to make content using it to make controversial content to like get people to react to it in general because like if you don't have a stance like i feel like this is a part of the twitch culture but it's like if you don't have a stance then no one's gonna watch you for anything so they up that part of their personality and try to be you know, the most rage-inducing, toxic person uh, mm-hmm. in the lobby. And you know that they're just out there to grab attention. Like, you know, like, I've had people in my games down in, like, the the scum tier, and they're out here, like, yelling into the mic, like, telling me to, like, shut up and not do normal comms. Um, and I'm just like, bro, like... Tell your Twitch chat that I don't care, okay? Like, what what are you going to offer me, right? Like, mm-hmm. you're not even making this game fun. Like, I've had games where it's like that, where it's... Where you just know that they're streaming, and you know that, like, it takes away from the gameplay itself. Like, I don't want to be in a game with you if you're going to be... You know this toxic, over the top personality. I want comms. I want, I want to win this game. Okay, like my right, SR right. is on the line. All right, so you wouldn't want me to do that to your game. I, I don't, I don't. I'm not going in there, yelling at, yelling at your viewers and like, you know, farting into my mic. I don't even understand. But kids, you know, it, like, I don't, I don't, I don't care about your audience. Don't make my game a crappy experience. For your entertainment. Okay. And the thing about that is also like. I know. I, I get that it's it's quote unquote a persona. But if you do it for long enough. It just like. I feel like it becomes you in a way. Like that stuff's going to like. Become second nature. And it's just going to leak into who you are. As a person. It just. It stops being a persona. And it becomes you as a person. I feel. Yeah. That's a. That's a tough line to to try to balance out too and you can't hide behind the shield of 
oh, this is my persona, right? Like, if you want to bring it back to Samito, like, his whole thing was like, oh, this is a toxic, you know, gamer persona that I put on, right? That, yeah, he says, that's my persona, the angry, toxic gamer. Um, I said it, and I'm accountable for it, and I'm sorry, right? But, like, that's your MO. Like, <laughs> you are that. Um, you even admitted it. Like, I can't honestly be a part of something that is just being angry and also, like, not enjoying the game, you know? Mm-hmm. Like the only the only part of that statement that, of Samito that matters is the part they said, "Yeah, I said it." That's literally only the part that matters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah, I, I can I can talk about like the persona half of it too because like they know here I'm Kanashi, right? And then all of my friends know me as KJ because that's what my old like gamer tag was. My my old gamer tag had my initials. My full my full name and initials, but like Kanashi is always like the stand up caster. He's always there. Um, I talk about him in the third person because <laughs> I do assume a persona when I'm on camera. Uh-huh. Um, and but I I exude a persona of class. Like I'm not out there like trying to crap on kids. I'm out here like trying to bring honest content. Uh to the whopping five viewers that I have on average. Uh, but honestly, it's that thing. Like, I I would rather have an honest stream than have tons of people watch me and just, like, be mad and angry all the time. It's just not a nice way to live, you know? Yeah. And, like, I guess, now that I think of it, I kind of did. I had a persona when I did Unicamp. Um, I even had, like when I was L-ship or leadership, um, we had to change our names so that our campers wouldn't, or not our counselors, campers, our counselors wouldn't find us on social media because we want to like maintain that distance and that illusion, at least of professionalism. So um, my name, my camp name is Ninja. So I changed my name on like all the social media stuff to Sammy Uri because that is a pun on Samurai. Um, but like the persona that I, I would take on as part of the leadership for my camp session was like i was literally a hundred percent of the time just exuding energy and enthusiasm and it got really really exhausting like just being that hype and that pumped all the time and like i felt that people understood that clearly that was a persona and that i wasn't gonna be like literally super energetic every single time i met them um but one time we went to uh a party like just as a, a i can't remember what event was happening or just happened but like we were having like an after camp party thing um and i went there and i was like really tired from the day so i was just not being like super energetic and then uh, apparently one of my friends one of my friends went up to me and she's like hey are you okay and like yeah i'm fine i'm just a little tired why and she's like yeah like everyone's getting concerned you're not super hyper like the counselors are, are getting kind of scared that something's wrong with me. I'm like, no, I'm there's nothing wrong. I'm just tired. My God. So um, the, the point of that story is like, no matter what persona you put on, that's what you're publicly presenting. And that's what people associate with you. So your actions, your, 
your energy, your words are what matter. It doesn't matter that you're not that person normally. It's it's like I'm I'm, I'm rambling, but you, you got my what I'm saying, right, Kevin? Yeah, like the the persona that you put out first is the thing that people will know you for. So that's why, like, I <laughs> I hate to say it, but whenever I go on stream, I always like whenever I'm on a public broadcast or you know casting a game, I'm always in a suit and bow tie or some form of formal wear. That's I want why the bow tie is always on. Yeah, this is it's not just the part of like oh, like this is a suit that I get ready for when I cast. It's also like I'm putting my best foot forward every time. So mm -hmm. when I am compared to other collegiate casters who are in their bedroom wearing a white tee with, you know, a Rihanna poster in the background, I'm the one who's looking like the standout candidate. Right. So yeah. that that's the, that's the mentality there, but also it allows me to essentially form change. Like here, I'm very casual. But when I do put on the bow tie, it's like all the ums drop, all the hmms drop, all of that is like scrapped completely. It's um, a state of mind. It is a state of mind, a hundred percent. And it doesn't work the other way around. I can't be butt naked and wear a bow tie and then like speak a hundred percent. Okay, it doesn't work that way. It's not like it's not like Superman's cape. Okay, it's I I have to be in the whole suit. Right. Right. <laughs> I, I really do wish that, like, gamer culture was, was not so idolizing of people who were toxic. Because that just makes the kids toxic, and that just drags all of gaming down into this, this stereotyped hole of, of nobodies with no life and incels who don't have anything to do but yell at people over the internet all day. Yeah, we got, we got other things to do. Uh... Thought I'd let you know that, but honestly, it's um, it's a really interesting take. It's we we'd rather have, uh, we'd rather have toxic content than no content, mm -hmm. and like good honest content. Um, it, it's kind of it's unfortunate. Um, we do have you know the outliers like we have Hiko, we have, um, like just some of the, just some of the more wholesome people um but it is it does get weird so we'll see yeah um so let's moving on to to happier or not this one isn't necessarily happy but it's it's more of a, a neutral thing it's overwatch related um so we did get a new hero patch or experimental patch actually on the 27th so um first one for baptiste this is here's the notes Though it felt better to use, the previous reduction of the Echo Boost charge time resulted in Baptiste becoming much more evasive against some heroes. Since he already has strong defensive ability options in Regenerative Burst and Immortality Field, we're averting how quickly he can charge the Exo Boots jump. So his charge time increased from 0.7 seconds to a full second. Uh, McCree? Much of McCree's recent success can be attributed to his increased maximum health, and we think this we think that aspect is working well to help solidify a close to mid-range role for him. We're averting the combat roll distance and peacekeeper reload times as they lead to longer distance flashbang initiations and made burst damage from fan the hammer less of a costly investment. 
So his reload time is being increased from 1.2 seconds to 1.5, and his combat roll is reduced by 20%. Uh, Moira, many channeled ultimate abilities automatically, automatically reload the hero's weapon as they're locked out from reloading for a short time. The new regeneration rate will refill about half of Moira's bionic energy resource over the full duration of Coalescence. This doesn't fully refill Moira's energy from empty as it would be unfortunate to lose that portion of her gameplay if players were able to fully cycle between ultimates with healing alone. So her resource regeneration during Biotic Grasp is now three times higher when she's doing Coalescence. Uh, Reaper. This adjustment will bring Reaper's self-healing with his Hellfire shotguns back to about where it was before the recent weapon tuning changes. So his lifesteal is from going up from 30% to 35%. And finally, Zarya. Zarya's base damage wasn't adjusted after the beam hit detection changes a while back, but she wasn't seeing as much use that at that time either. Now that she is a more dominant presence in a variety of team compositions, we're looking at reducing her beam's average damage, though the same maximum damage is still achievable. So the beam for her primary fire uh, now scales from 75 to 170 damage per second, down from 95 to 170. So I guess uh, she starts lower, but she can still go up to the same max charge. So yeah, these changes, there's there's a lot to take in here. Um, Baptiste not being able to run away as often is actually really helpful for... Um, for a lot of players baptiste tends to get away a lot <laughs> so this, this will help them enforce baptiste players to think about like when they use their regen burst or when they use uh, immortality field um a little bit more rather than just like you know bouncing out of there mm-hmm. um mccree for the most part these these changes make it more leaning towards uh you know close range fights um, which help, and he still has the poke potential. They didn't change anything with his damage, so I think that's really important uh, for the McCree change. It it's just keeping him, like it's keeping him active, but reducing the punishment or reducing the leeway that McCree could get away with with a flashbang fan the hammer. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's really helpful. Um, Moira, I understand this change. It's just like. Sometimes you just don't have the gauge once you get out of coalescence. So um, th- this is gonna this is gonna help it out a lot more. So when when you do pop coalescence, you'll be able to, you know, still sustain healing afterwards or still deal damage to maybe get that tiny bit uh, left over. So um, really good for Moira in that fact. Um, the Reaper one is probably just for like a little tuning. We'll just see if this changes anything um and zarya is just scaling wise it it just shows you know energy always matters with zarya so it's gonna be less damage output from zarya but it's it's still pretty much the same thing um you just have to prioritize getting that energy up as quickly as possible and again these are all just like these are still experimental so although we have like had a history of all the experimental changes going through, there's there is a chance that these won't, depending on the feedback. Um, the McCree thing reminds me, like with the upcoming changes to Overwatch Two and everything that's happening there. Like one of the things that they talked about is removing 
a lot of the stuns, including McCree's flashbang. How would you, what would you do with McCree after that? Because I think the flashbang fan, the hammer is such an essential part of how he plays and who he is. And like, even without the fan, the hammer, like that flashbang is so essential to like stopping tracers or, or stopping ultimates and things like that. It's not just for like controlling the tank. Yeah. it, It was used essentially. It's like, it's a part of his kit that allowed him to counter things that sometimes, you know, you, you have issues hitting. I mean, I can't track, I can't track a tracer as McCree. Um, like, 100% of the time, right? So, if you are a McCree player, you have to hit that headshot now. You can't rely on, you know, a stun to hold him in place. You have to land that shot, and it, it is very difficult. Um, but, I mean, I guess that's the trade-off. You have Tracer, who has speed and mobility, but at the cost of an HP pool. So, um, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how, if they tune McCree to not have a flashbang, uh, what what would they add or what would they take? You know, give them another pistol. It, two guns, two guns. <laughs> I mean, honestly, the... like, what kind of what kind of cowboy only has one gun? Exactly. Give him a whip. Ooh, like, ooh. Not not uh not Brigida's not Briggs like whip like shot. a bull whip. Yeah, because like, there's no reason for him to have like a lasso. Just, just give him, just give him something that like can deal semi, like damage from a distance. That'd be interesting. It doesn't have to stun; it could slow. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, t- I'm just thinking about that because I was thinking like it could be like it could have been like a reverse Brigida like whip shot, but that's just Hog's hook, which we yeah. don't necessarily want. That's just another. That's more CC. Yeah. Um, I mean, you could coach gun, like, kind of give McCree a whip that does the same thing that coach gun does. Mm-hmm. Where it's just, like, it, it could push him away, but it could also, like, be used to push himself in or deal a tiny bit of damage, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, he, he'll whip and then just boops you both away from each other. Exactly. That'd be cool. Yeah. Um. So the last thing that we have on the news, uh, Kevin, you found this one on Twitter. This is a fun one. Yeah, so I, I was scrolling through my my typical feed today, and I was like, man, you know what the SF Shock really need? Uh, a really sick sponsorship. And they came back, and I believe it was only like two or three hours ago. Um, we said, yeah, we, we partnered with McDonald's. So uh, <laughs> the SF Shock are now sponsored by mickey d's and the only thing that i hope for is um we get an sf shock meal of some sort i know the bts meals were pretty cool but uh yeah i just i want to i want to know what they would do for this you know so like what even was the bts was that an official thing with mcdonald's or yeah i saw it on the internet but i didn't know what it was uh essentially it was like it was like a it was a small meal that had two like exclusive sauces and people were like going after that and the bags, they were kind of important, but you know, me as a, uh, as a hungry boy, I don't care. I just, <laughs> I just want to know what kind of a uh, food we're talking here. So, um, I hope that, you know, if the SF shock like win a game, there's like a, 
a promotional deal that goes along with it. You know, mm-hmm. I would be, I'd be a hundred percent. If it's like, uh, we, we can, we can do like, if they cap, if they cap a map in, in less, th- or like if they finish a map in less than 20 minutes, just give us, give us 20 nuggets. Ooh. Like to finish an entire match in like under 20. Ooh, that's a that's actually a pretty good, a pretty good deal or or promotion. Because yeah. like I know I know Taco Bell will do it for, I think. I can't I can't remember if it's like NFL games or NBA games, but they'll like if if certain things happen, you get a free Doritos like those Taco. Yeah, or, they. I know that they did that for uh for basketball. It's like if the home team scores a hundred points. Yeah. Um you you get a taco the next day or whoever sponsors them. Mm-hmm. Um for the Warriors it's wing stop. You get you get like six boneless wings if they score 100. Um, I remember UCLA had a partnership with someone if, for their football games. But if we were to get like a, a special like McDonald's meal what would it be in like for McDonald's toys for the shock? What would that look like? Uh, th- there'll be one with a bench and Super's just sitting on it. The wind of toy. <laughs> no, uh, the Super Genji. The Super Genji. Uh, it there would definitely have to be a Smurf Monkey one where it does like a backflip or something. I would. I would. Does I would it get sing that. "Take Me Home, Country Roads"? It, it can sing country roads. I mean, that that'd be pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, I feel like it's it's gonna be really interesting to see what comes out of this. Um, I'd be fine if they said like, you know, if the shock sweep, it's like five nuggets or something like that. I'd cash that in a hundred a hundred percent of the time. What would they call that? Like the would they just call it the shock meal, or would they have like a fun name for it? The East the Shock Special. The Shock Special. That sounds really like that sounds possibly lewd. Uh, oh my but, god! You know, it's going in my mouth regardless. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm thinking like, what is what is that? What is that meal gonna have in it? Is is the uh, ice cream machine gonna work for it? Would they include like? Since it's like from Blizzard, would they include like a McFlurry or something? Yeah, it's a McFlurry, but inside of it, it has uh, it has Overwatch League tokens, like in the McFlurry. <laughs> you have to dig it out to go get a skin or something. Oh my god! Wow. <laughs> you know what? If they honestly just gave us like Overwatch League tokens as a toy, I would be fine. Oh, I'd be so down for that. That makes a lot of sense. I'd be out there getting a hundred League tokens with oh, my god. Happy Meal. Goodbye to my waistline. That's fine. Goodbye I, to me fitting into any clothing. Bro, what do you mean? We're still in Rona summer. I, <laughs> I don't have to. I'm not going out. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, anything else, Kevin, that you wanted to talk about? Um, Not really. I, I just make sure that you get your, uh, you get, get your skin. If you want that uh, eight ball Hammond skin, make sure to get your friends together uh, and play it. Remember, it's twenty seven games, or like if you if you win one, it counts as two, so you can get it done in fourteen. Um, but yeah, it's way better with a with a team than without a team. So uh, if if you need people to queue up for 
just yell at people. Uh, <laughs> I might not be in your skill range, but if you need a, a tank player, uh, uh, I'll, I'll let you, you could let us know. We might be able to hop in. Last thing from me is um, it is Pride Month. Happy Pride to um, I meant to start with that, but happy Pride to all of the people who um, the, all the all of the LGBTQ community who are, are listening to this. Um, happy Pride Month to y'all. Um, but I reached so Kevin, you remember the the May mail I had? They had that spot for um, Watchpoint Pride, right? The the LGBT community for Overwatch players. Mm-hmm. So I reached out to them, and then they said they'd be down to do an interview episode with us. So that's coming up. So if you have anything you'd like us to ask, like let us know, and we will we will ask them. Where we need to coordinate, but hopefully, I want to hopefully try to get it out to do it next week, so we can get it out as early as possible for Pride. So yeah, that's it. That's about it for for the news episode this week. Um. Thanks, guys, for tuning in, and we will be back at you next week when the June Shell stuff actually starts heating up with our elimination rounds. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in, and adios. Next week, we continue our June Joust coverage and bring you more gaming and Overwatch news. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms and follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.